It is 7.05 on your Wednesday night. That can only mean one thing. The employment hour is here once again. Yeah, you heard the uh, you heard uh, Lior give the number out. God, I thought it was Barry White there for a sec with those big pipes. It was uh, 416-216-5900, and the email is simply Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And please give us a call here at the radio station for the uh, complete hour, 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell phone, another Wednesday is upon us, brother, and we always start with the week that was. That's right, John, and, you know, it's uh, 7 uh, p.m. on a Wednesday. I've been in the office all day, uh, talked to a lot of people today, emailed with a lot of people, answered a lot of questions about workplace rights, employment law. I'm, I'm very happy about that. That's what I do every day, and I'm here to do more of that uh, right now here live on the air. So this is the show where we tell people about their workplace rights, we inform, we educate, and we hopefully help someone. Uh, let's start off with the week that was as usual. I want to talk about a couple of situations that I saw this week, and I think some of our listeners may identify with these uh, matters. The first situation, the gentleman that called me, uh, you know, was quite quite upset and you know almost shell shocked. Uh, what happened was uh, he found out when he went to the office that the previous day someone complained that he had smelled of alcohol, smelled alcohol on his breath. He was a mechanical engineer, and the employer said. We have a zero-tolerance policy here. Someone said that you smelled of alcohol yesterday, and we're letting you go for cause. That's unacceptable, and out you go. And uh, I asked him, well, first of all, were you drunk at work? Were you drinking? He said, absolutely not. I had uh, a beer uh, for lunch. That's it. I went back to work. I was completely sober, uh, one beer uh, with food, and that's it. And could I have spilled something on myself? Who knows? Certainly wasn't drinking. And it raised an interesting issue because obviously if an employee is drunk at work, that's a problem that an employer can't tolerate that. Certainly may be able to let the employee go for cause. But in this case, if the employee actually didn't do it, that's not cause. Uh, the employer has to investigate. If they suspect that the person is in, uh, inebriated, intoxicated at work, they should send them home. They should warn them. Uh, certainly they should make their own determination as to whether the person actually was intoxicated. Taking someone else's word for it that they smelled alcohol is not good enough. So that was not cause for termination. And what I told him when I spoke to him uh, this week is, well, as far as I'm concerned, you've been wrongfully dismissed. Certainly uh, you're owed severance. We can't necessarily get you your job back, but we can get you severance. He had worked there for three years, mechanical engineer. He gets about six months pay. Mm-hmm. So it raises a really interesting issue that an employer does have to investigate any allegations of misconduct. They can't take someone else's word for it. If you're going to do something as serious as terminate someone's employment for cause, you better have your ducks in a row. I get the old zero tolerance thing, but is there is there a gray area because he was on his so-called lunch break? He maybe was off premises. Is he still considered to be on work time? or is So that- the problem was not so much from the employer's perspective whether uh, he was drinking at work. It was, are you intoxicated? at right. work. So if you drink out of work at your lunch or before you show up to work and then you come into work intoxicated, that's the problem. So I think that's what the employer was suggesting here. But to take someone else's word for it that he smelled of alcohol, smelling of alcohol does not, does not mean you're intoxicated. Yeah. And again, they had to investigate and what they did was just not good enough. What else you got? So the other matter I'll talk to you about, a uh, very different situation. The person that worked for a company is a salesperson selling some uh, medical equipment for a year. He was on straight salary, no commissions. He got a salary of $100,000 a year. After a year, the employer goes to him and says, uh, well, we think uh, your salary is too high, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to reduce you to $50,000 a year salary, but we're going to also add commissions. And if you do a good job and you sell a lot, your salary shouldn't, your, your total compensation shouldn't change. 
And he agreed that probably, you know, it shouldn't affect his overall compensation way too much because he should be able to make up the difference by way of commissions. Mm -hmm. But he still said, I'm still very unhappy about this. And what I told him is, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that change, even though your total compensation may not change, is a constructive dismissal. Now you have this this burden on you that you better sell all this equipment or you're only going to make very little money. Yeah, Whereas, the other 50s vapor until yeah. you pull it right. And uh, uh, before that, you knew you're getting $100,000 no matter what. So that's changing the terms of your employment in a huge way. So I told them, you have a choice now. You can accept this, continue working, or you can now treat this as a constructive dismissal and get your severance, which for him would be about four months' pay. Uh, so he's still thinking about that, and he's going to decide what he wants to do. But it raises a very interesting issue where your total compensation potentially doesn't change, but the change itself uh, to the terms of employment could be significant enough to be a constructive dismissal. We'll try to sneak in a quick call before the first break. Got uh, Jamie in North York. Good evening, Jamie. How are you? Hi, good. Thank Excellent. you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to say that I've been working at a car detailing shop for about 11 years now. And I've noticed that um, that I was originally, you know, hired as an employee, and as of this year, uh, January um, that just passed, I'm now registered as an independent contractor. Right. And they're basically telling me that your your taxes that you have to be responsible, and they're cutting my hours. And I was very upset and not very happy as what I was told about three weeks ago. And my boss is basically giving me less hours and, yeah. and that I really feel um, that I'm being uh, treated unfairly and that I have more seniority than anyone else right. in the company. But my question is, as a you know um, worker or an employee, what do you think my rights are sure. in that situation? Jamie, excellent question. So let me, let me break this down for you. What your employer is doing here is actually illegal. It's not something they're allowed to do. They cannot change your status. And by the okay. way, by calling you an independent contractor, if you're doing that, that's actually illegal because in the eyes of the law, in the eyes of CRA, you're still an employee. And if you're calling yourself something that you're not, at some point, you can get in trouble if you're ever audited, you may uh, owe taxes, you may get fined, etc. Mm -hmm. So that's a big problem. Okay. The other thing is yeah. they can't just change your hours. Combine the two things result in a constructive dismissal, mm -hmm. which means you have a choice. You can say, well, I'm not happy, but I'm going to continue working despite everything uh, that, that just happened. Right. Or you say, no, I'm not going to take this. I'm going to leave, and my employer is going to have to pay me severance. It's as if they let you go. Now, you've been working for 11 years. 11 years. And how old are you, Jamie? I just turned 39 last month. So right around a year's pay is what you're owed, 12 months' pay. Uh, so it's significant, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, because this happened three weeks ago, you really have to make this yeah. choice now. You, you know, you probably have another week or so to make this choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, you're considered to have accepted it. Okay. So uh, my advice to you is before you resign, before you do anything, give me a call at the office. John will give you the number in a sec. Let's talk about this because you now have to make this decision. And my advice to you is don't do something that's illegal, which is call yourself an independent contractor when you're really not. Classic case right there. We'll talk more about that and more phone calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell to get a hold of Lior. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640. 716 on your Wednesday evening. A beautiful day out there. Good day to 
talk to everybody, get your termination and severance questions in order. If you have any, give us a call on that number. Sam in Hamilton, good evening. Hey, how you doing, Joe? Good, pal. What's going on? Well, I was terminated without cause in mid-December, along with 100-some-odd people in my company, which is no big deal. Uh, the severance wasn't enough, but that was the battle that I was going to fight, not, and that wasn't an issue either. Everybody got eight weeks' notice. I was the only one of the hundred or so people that was made to work my notice period. Right. Which I understand is they are absolutely able to do that. Yep. But the problem is, is uh, I have a special needs son at home, and we made arrangements based on me being fired at the end of January, which is now passed. And my wife got a job, and they rescinded my my termination, only temporary. And said right in the letter, we're sending it only temporary, though, because my project's still ongoing for another month or so. But now I'm kind of stuck. My wife starts work tomorrow, and uh, I have to take vacation now. And I start. I also started the school. I start school next week. <laughs> so, so they extended the the end date. So they they moved the the end date forward, right? They took everything back. They just rescinded the whole termination. I see. And the, and the email just said we are rescinding it in brackets just for now. So you're not you're not fired anymore. You're not I'm let not go. Fired anymore. But I met with HR again on Monday and they said, but you are fired most likely by the end of the month. Okay. So. But it's like now, but I I'm stuck. What am I supposed to do? And, and, and you know, it's interesting. You know, I've been doing this for 13 or 14 years, and I've been asked probably about a million questions. And this specific question, I don't know that I've ever been asked, but let, let me give you my thoughts on this. If you've actually, you know, relied on this termination, you've now scheduled your life around it, uh, you know, your wife's working, you've now made arrangements to go back to school so that you can get new training and get a better job, uh, and, and, you know, you've modified uh, your life that way, you may be able to treat this uh, as a, a termination already, potentially a constructive dismissal. Now, before we go further, Sam, uh, are you part of a union? No, no, I'm a senior manager, okay. and, and um, I've been with the company 30 years. And, uh, so, Sam, yeah. in this situation, no, I don't actually believe at all that they can do that. You could say, no, I, I've now relied on that. So unless you want to compensate me for what I've lost, which you'll never do, I'm terminated and you have to pay me my severance. Uh, I don't think they could do that. Now, it's ultimately, you have a choice now, which is you can continue on the basis that you're working there until they tell you otherwise, or you can uh, simply do what I said and said, no, I, I've been terminated. You put that in writing. I've relied on it. I've uh, changed my life on that basis. That ship has sailed, and you have to pay me now what you have to pay me. Yeah. Now, Sam... Uh, talk that you don't think severance is an issue what have they offered you but when they, first when they fired you by way of severance what did they offer oh not enough uh basically a year and a half and that was a, but flat a year and a half i'm a senior manager i've i've worked for them i've, I've lived abroad and uh for them i've worked in india i've worked in all, yeah. all over the globe with them so that's that's a, easily shy you know at least six months shy of where it needs to be uh yeah, so yeah I, I understand that and there's yeah. nothing in there about my company vehicle which right. is right uh, and nothing about my bonuses. Mm. There's, there's a whole bunch of missing stuff from a past contract they've can, canceled on me. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there that wasn't in there, which obviously I know uh, needs to be in there. And that was a fight for another day, but I'm not even worried about that. <laughs> so I wouldn't so, be worried about that. No, I mean, you certainly at some point need to be worried about that. But at this point, you have a choice. And if you think you really can't continue working in light of what just uh, happened and what you've done, I think you're well within your rights not to continue working and demand your severance right now. 
If that's something you want to explore and not go back to work, happy to talk to you off air, uh, off air and help you uh, make that happen. Uh, but I think uh, certainly they can't just undo it and, and change your life upside down again. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind so much, but this is like it's a nightmare now. Yeah, no, I get <laughs> it. I get it. I, I think you're in the right, and they're completely in the wrong here. Absolutely. Sam, I'm going to give you a number. It's uh, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. That is a bizarre case. Yeah, it is. You know, What's not bizarre, I mean, in terms of employers changing the termination date or even rescinding it, I've certainly seen many, many cases, but the fact that, wait a second, I've now changed everything in my life based on this termination. Right. I actually can't really go back to work. That is a unique situation, but it's not his fault. It was quite reasonable for him to say, well, if mm-hmm. I'm out of a job now, someone needs to work, so my wife is going back. I got to rock and roll. Yeah, so yeah. she has a job starting Monday, and, well, you know, I can't work because who's going to take care of the, the kids, etc. So I think they can't just undo this and pretend it never happened, yeah. so he'd get severance. Sam, please call 416-216-5900. And for you as well, give us a call here up until 8 o'clock on the show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour. Even outside the show hour, you can call Lior at any time, 416-216-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Uh, yeah, it was close. Tried to stump you. The last call can't be done. Wow, that was a close one, though, I honestly. Know. I mean, it's a very unique situation and not one that I can honestly recall ever uh, uh, hearing about. But to me, it's, it's certainly straightforward and hopefully... Uh, I, he, we can talk, and I can help him out. You're still holding the belt, man. You still got the belt around your waist, undisputed. <laughs> yeah, and my my Hulk Hogan shirt as well, yeah. brother. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, back to what we were talking about. Give us a call four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty and sell all severance and employment matters. We can take up until uh, eight o'clock tonight. Continuing where we left off last week, and that was everything employers and employees ever want to know about termination for cause. Cause is what we're talking about here. So what does an employee have to show to prove cause? Yeah, and then, you know, ultimately, a cause, a termination for cause for those that uh, have joined us now or haven't heard us before is, this, is the ultimate penalty that an employer can impose on an employee. It's the worst thing uh, that uh, an employer can do. Terminate someone for cause, only reserved for the worst offenders, and that means the employer doesn't have to pay severance. Mm. Very, very, very difficult to do, and a lot of employers, maybe most employers, when they terminate for cause, uh, probably do it well before they're able to do it. So how does the employer actually prove cause? Well, to prove cause, you have to do one of two things. Either you show that the employee is guilty of very significant and you know uh, misconduct that you can't uh, forgive, stealing, theft, violence. So that's enough. If you can prove that the employee did that, that's cause. That's going to be rare, let's face it. Otherwise, if you want to show or to prove cause, you have to show that you've engaged in other discipline that you have to show, first of all, that the employee did something wrong, mm-hmm. but you've warned them about it before. Uh, you've warned them again. You've given them an opportunity to improve. Maybe you've provided help if help was uh, needed. Uh, maybe even suspended them. You want to show that you've done everything you could do to fix the problem as the employer, but you haven't been able to. Then you may be able to establish that you have cause and let the employee go uh, at, at that point for a cause. So you have to do that work. It's not, there's no skipping over steps. It's a process that the employer has to go through. And only if the employer does that and goes through that process, that's when the employer can terminate employment for cause and not have to pay severance. How about length of employment? Say you get a guy like Sam there, our last caller, who's a 30-year guy. I mean, if they were trying to get rid of him for some reason for cause, does his length of employment factor into that? Yeah, absolutely it does. So I've said right off the top that it's always difficult to terminate for cause. Even if you work for a month, it's very, very, very difficult to terminate for cause. It's that much more difficult 
to terminate for cause if you've now actually worked for a lengthy period of time. Because if you've worked for a lengthy period of time, clearly you've done something right. So for you all of a sudden after a long period of time to be so bad that you can be terminated for cause, man, the employer really is going to have to have his, its ducks in a row and you would have had to do something awful. So the longer the employee works, the harder it is to terminate them for cause. But remember, it's always difficult to terminate for cause. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Got uh, Gino in Concord. How are you, pal? Hi, I'm good. Yourself? Good. You got a question for Leora? Uh, yes. So I've, I've worked for one company for the last eight years, and I was recently relocated from uh, another town to Toronto. And uh, after four months of working here at the office in Toronto, my boss essentially has come up and said, I can't afford you, and you go on pogey. Right. And so has that happened? Uh, no, not yet. We still have to review and talk. But my question is, is like, I'm assuming that he doesn't want, he just wants to lay me off and, and you know, forget about any kind of notice or severance or whatever. And, and Gino, I take it, I think it's obvious, but I take it you're not part of a union. Is that right? No, I'm not. I'm management. Perfect. So there's no way, no way whatsoever for your employer to lay you off, let you go, put you on EI, do any of those things without having to pay you severance. Full stop. There's no possibility for doing that. So no matter what, if you're no longer going into work, if you're no longer working, either because he can't afford you, doesn't like you, wants to restructure, whatever the reason is, he has to pay you severance and full severance. And let me tell you how much that's going to be. So you've been there, I think you said eight years? Yes. And what, what do you, so you said you're in management. And, and how old are you, Gino? I'm, I'm going to turn 55 next month. Yeah. Easily a year's pay is what you're owed. Okay. Easily 12 months pay. It could be even a bit more than that. Uh, depending on how senior a position and how much uh, how much you earn, so he owes you a year's pay. There's no way around it. There's nothing that he can do to avoid that. He can't he can't call it something, call it a layoff, temporary layoff. He has to pay you that amount of money. So I have a question. Yeah, please What's go the ahead. Difference between severance pay and notice termination notice. For, for all intents and purposes, Gino, it, it, it's one and the same. When we talk about severance, we're talking about the compensation that you are owed when you lose your job, okay? So the, in, in some situations, that could be a difference, but for the purposes of our discussion, really, it's the exact same thing. So if, when you lose your job, you're owed a certain amount of compensation. That is severance. Some people call it notice, pay in lieu of notice, termination pay. It's the same thing. Now, the only way he could avoid paying you is if he actually gave you notice. So I told you you're owed 12 months severance. He could say instead, I'm going to give you 12 months notice. So I'm telling you now that 12 months from now, you no longer have a job. I'm giving you 12 months notice. If he does that, potentially he doesn't have to pay you severance. But if he ends the relationship now and, and you're no longer working, he has to pay you that severance. So, Gino, uh, I think you understand what I'm saying, and, and you and I definitely, definitely need to speak off air. John's going to give you the number right now, and I look forward to talking to you. Gino, that number, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. That is Lior's personal number. to get you right to him. Give him a call. 731, we got more of the Employment Hour coming right up. Lots of phone calls coming through as well. Stand by. We'll get to you. Lots to get through. We'll get to our phone calls straight away. Post haste, as they say. Got to, uh, Rob in Scarborough. Hi, Rob. Hi, how are you? Good, pal. What's going on? Um, I uh, had surgery uh, in 2014 uh, for 
once, and again in 2000, early 2015, on a, a work-related injury. And after my injury, my company wouldn't allow me to come back to work. And in the meantime, uh, I was on a WSIB case and went through retraining and uh, for with them for five months. And I was unable, and since I've been retrained, but I'm unable to find work. Um, and at the same time, my company has continued to pay my family benefits, um, and but they've stopped returning my emails and any correspondence with the company. And I really don't know where I stand with, except for them telling me through their lawyers that they don't want me back to work. Okay. I don't have uh, any repercussions. I don't know what to do with it all. Sure. Now, my, my first question, uh, Rob, uh, are you part of a union? No. Okay. Now, when they wouldn't let you come back to work, was that in response to you asking to go back to work? Uh, when I sat down at the table with my WSIB uh uh, uh, caseworker with the company and their lawyer, they just flatly said they wouldn't let me, didn't want me to come back to work because I wasn't able to uh, do my former duties. And if I, they thought I'd be a hindrance to my coworkers. But, but, but Rob, were you cleared to go back to work? So, yes. were you, so, so your doctor said you could go back to work, but to a different job? Correct. And uh, so, not, so a completely different, not, not remotely close to what you had before. Uh, correct. I was a, I was a, a worked on construction equipment, like mechanic work. Yeah. Uh, at a rental agency, like a, a company that rents mm -hmm. uh, construction equipment. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, they wouldn't let me come back to even do a desk job type okay. thing. So here's the thing, Rob. An employer has a duty to accommodate an employee that's injured, and that accommodation means finding or making reasonable and, and, and good efforts to try to find them another position that meets their limitations. Now, if they legitimately couldn't find a job for you despite trying hard and looking all over, there's just no job no matter what they did, well, then there's, there's nothing they can do. On the other hand, if they said, we don't even care to try, we don't even are not going to look, it's, you know, you come back to do your old job, but you don't come back at all, not only can that be a termination which requires them to pay you severance now, that's also a human rights issue. Uh, because under the Human Rights Code here in Ontario, an employer has to accommodate an employee, even if it means finding another job for them. So what I'd want to know, and, and you know, sit down and, and find out some more information from you, exactly what kind of changes uh, you would have had to do, what kind of a job, uh, you know, what does the company do, big company, small company, the bigger the company, the more they have to accommodate. Uh, find out exactly what was said to them, what they said to you. But certainly, they can't just to say, we don't want you to come back, too bad for you. Uh, that's a human rights issue and a termination. Uh, and and uh, I, I would suggest to you, we speak, because potentially you're owed severance and compensation right now. You know, I would really appreciate talking to you because mm -hmm. sure. at this point in my life, I'm looking for work, um, even with my wife. I mean, they've continued to pay my family benefits all this time for two years now, yep. but they won't return my phone calls. Yeah, so, no, that, that, that's, um, not, that's not cool on, on many levels. <laughs> Rob, so certainly, you know, I, I, I'm happy to talk to you. I think we should talk. Uh, so let, let's, let's speak. I'm in, I'm in the office every day, all day. Uh, happy to talk. John, let's give him the number. Rob, that number is uh, 416-216-5900 for everyone listening, as a matter of fact. Write it down if you have to, 416 216 
5900. Got time to get to uh, Freddie in here quickly. Hi, Freddie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Good, pal. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yes, I do. Uh, so I work for a uh, hospitality co- company. I'm a supervisor. And recently we hired a lady who, after two days of working, announced that she was pregnant. Right. Uh, she recently passed her uh, probation period of three months. And ever since, uh, for the last three months, she has not worked a full week. She has taken about five, six, six days already. She had to, took a full week of bereavement, uh, a couple of days because of the snow. Anyway, in three months, she hasn't worked a full week yet. So right. basically, HR is telling us we are, we're stuck because she's pregnant. There's nothing we can do. Is there anything we can do? You know, I, I, I'm going to give you the answer. And, and my clients, my employer clients, ask me questions like that all the time. The reality is that anything you do right now to discipline or to terminate puts you at significant risk. It, it, she'll take the position probably that you're, you're picking on her or letting her go because she's pregnant. Uh, and, and that's a problem. That's a human rights violation. Also, if she's taking sick days, potentially, again, I don't, I don't know, I'm not a doctor and, and I don't know what happened, but potentially it's because there's some issues related to the pregnancy. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that happens and she may need to take time off because of that. And you letting her go because of that, again, is a human rights issue, potentially. My best advice, if you don't want to have legal action against you, uh, is to, to do the best that you can. Uh, until she goes on a maternity leave, hopefully when she comes back, she's a more dedicated employee and, and, and she can work well. If at that point she's still unreliable, she doesn't come in, we may be able to let her go. You may be able to let her go at that point. Right now, I wouldn't do that. I think it's too risky. Uh, and uh, I think you simply need to get to the maternity maternity leave and deal with her situation when she comes back, if she does come back. Give you that number again, Lior's personal number, 416 216 5,900, and uh, you want to give us a call up until 8 o'clock. We'd love to hear from you. You know that number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell up. 744, the employment hour continues here, and your phone calls 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell. Amanda, thanks for hanging in. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. I do. Um, having an illness, like a mental illness, that has been exposed to the highest level at your work, preferably your HR or your executive director. And um, having that time off in terms of like a medical leave, as well as like uh, multiple complaints, like saying, like, like I've actually like said like, oh, I need time off, I need time off. And then I eventually got fired. So I'm just wondering if there's, is there something that, can be done um i've consulted a lawyer and they've pretty much said you know just put it to bed kind of thing and they've based it they've said that they there's no there's no reason why i've been fired and they said oh verbally they said it was based on performance so so amanda if i understand correctly you told your employer you have some some mental health issues uh you asked for some help time off whatever it is and instead you got fired yeah, and I, well, I got the time off, and then when I came back, uh-huh. I was fired. I got it, I got it. And so I had taken a leave um, in December, yep. uh, came back to work in January, was quite quite ill, and then was fired in, in the end of February, I believe, or March. And, and Amanda, how long have you worked there? Uh, over, over five years. And uh, no union? No. Okay, and what, what do you do? What kind of job? Um, it's just like a business administrative. 
Joe. Okay. Okay. And, and how old are you, Amanda? I'm in my 30s. Okay. So did they offer you any compensation, any severance? Just severance, yeah. How much? Like in terms of weeks and months, just give me an idea. Um, I think they gave me 10 weeks. Okay. So problem number one, if even if we put aside for a second the, the whole mental health issue, uh, 10 weeks is not enough for you. you. Someone in your situation, easily six months pay. So that would be 26 weeks. So that's problem number one. You've been wrongfully dismissed just by virtue of the fact that you're owed a lot more than 10 weeks pay. The other issue is uh, if, in fact, you've been let go uh, because of your mental health issue or the fact that you took a, a, a leave of absence, that's potentially a human rights issue. Now, it's always going to be a challenge to prove why you were let go and that they let you go for that reason. But certainly the timing here just kind of, you know, kind of stinks. It makes them look very bad. So I don't think this is a, it would be a stretch to establish that you've been let go illegally in the sense that they let you go because you had a, a health problem. But irrespective of that, you're already owed more compensation. So I have no idea why anyone uh, that knows what they're doing would tell you to just let it go. You shouldn't let it go. You're owed a lot more compensation. So, Amanda, I, I would be very interested to talk to you and help you get the compensation that you're owed. Certainly, to get you your full severance, which is about six months' pay, that shouldn't be a problem at all. So please give me a call. Happy to talk to you anytime uh, and uh, get, get uh, going on helping you. Amanda, 416 416- 216-5900 is that number. Got uh, Mike in Hamilton. Good evening, Mike. Hi, how are you? Good. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm in a trucking uh, company, non-union. I've been there eight years at the time. Uh, last year in March, I was told I was randomly laid off because things were quiet. Uh, myself, another driver, about the same seniority as me, and a junior guy who had been in an accident was hurt, and they laid him off. Okay. Now, the company says there's no such a thing as seniority to start off with. Uh, while I was laid off, I noticed in the job bank, my company was looking for uh, drivers. And while I was still laid off, they did hire a driver just after I got laid off. About six weeks later, I get a call. They said, come on back, but we'll put you on temporarily on night shift. And it's only temporarily till we get a few guys in. Yep. Well, this kept going on and on. They get down to two, they get one, and then they say, oh, we're back to three, and then back to two. In August, I gave them a letter from my doctor, because I'm a diabetic, saying I have to be on day so I get the proper nutrition. Right, yeah. And the company gave me a letter back saying, uh, the gentleman who gave it back to me says, I'm a diabetic too, I should join a diabetic club, get plenty of exercise and eat the right food. And I'm trying to say there's not the proper food at nighttime for my kind of work. Right. Um, time goes on and on, still on night shift. In January, I was told I could come back on days, but I couldn't have my regular um, work back Monday to Friday. I would have to. I would be replacing a junior of about three years less than me, working Sunday to Thursday, and I told them that's unacceptable. Where am I for that? Because to me, I'm looking at constructive dismissal. They're trying to get me to quit. So here's the problem, uh, Mike. Certainly, the, the first thing that would come to mind is a constructive dismissal. They've changed the terms of your employment. The problem is a lot of these changes have already happened. They've done them a few months ago, and you've continued working. 
So you've almost established now a history. Number one, they laid you off, they brought you back, different hours, different shifts, they changed that. So there's that history. So what it, it becomes difficult to say now that you want me to go back to this other position with these other hours, you've constructively dismissed me. If this was the first time that they've done this, clearly that would be a constructive dismissal, but it gets more difficult when you know they've already been doing this over a course of a few months. There may still be a window here uh, to, to say constructive dismissal. If you thought that the change to the night shift was only temporary, that's why you agreed to it, and now it becomes clear that they're not going to give you back your old job, we may still be able to take the view that this is a constructive dismissal and get your compensation. Uh, but this is something we need to deal with very quickly and also in a very specific way. I'd want to contact the company and, and, and send them a letter. So you need to give me a call, certainly off air. Uh, and, and the lesson here for Mike, for everyone, is very important. When you let your employer you know, kind of mess with your schedule and mess with your terms of employment, you create that precedent. And later on, it becomes very difficult to do something about it because a few months ago, you, you let them get away with it. So Mike, I want to talk to you. Uh, but remember, everyone, constructive dismissal. When something happens, a change happens, you have to deal with it. You right got a nip in the bud right away. Right away. away. Uh, Mike, that number that Lior mentioned twice, 416-216-5900. Give him a call. More of the Employment Hour coming right up on Talk Radio AM 640. Last few minutes here, the employment hour. We'll get to a couple more calls. Bob and Markham, thanks for hanging in, fella. You got a question for Lior? Hey, Bob. Hello. Hey, how are you? You there, Bob? Yes. Hey, yes, I am. Go ahead. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Um, my situation is this. Uh, last February, I was laid off. Yep. Um, who I have worked for, I was there for 25 plus years. So last February, and so a year ago. Uh, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I uh, got employment with somebody else uh, uh, afterwards for a little while. Yep. And uh, they uh, they haven't called me back. They've uh, resumed work on a, another uh, job site, and they have uh, other people working probably for five months, but they haven't phoned me yet. Now, Bob, uh, were you part of a union? Uh, no. Okay. No. So there's no question, Bob, absolutely no question that you were terminated. Uh, I mean, I, I could have told you that, you know, almost a year ago. Uh, so so you, you're owed compensation. I take it you've never been paid severance? I basically what I received was uh, about two paychecks. I got my, my paycheck for the, for the week I'd worked, we yes. paid every week, and they gave me a, another paycheck. Yeah, and I think and, you were there for 25 years, I think you said? Uh, well, plus. Plus. And you found another job. How, how soon after February, how many weeks or months after did you start working? Uh, it wasn't until uh, the end of August. Until the end of August. And how long did you work for? Uh, well, up until, uh, until uh, November at the new job. Got it. But it was, it was under the, the uh, understanding that uh, we were going to be slow until... Uh, until things got going again, the right. paperwork with uh, uh, with the the area that uh, they're working in. So, Bob, here's um, the good news: you are owed about two years' pay, twenty four months from your your previous employer, less the income that you earned between August and November uh, from the new new job. They owe you two right. years' pay. You've been terminated because you're not part of a union. That's what you get. And and yeah, this is as straightforward as it is. They, this is a wrongful dismissal, one of the most obvious ones one will ever see. So you and I need to speak. Uh, I'm going to have John give you the number because we're almost going off air here. Uh, but we have to speak. Two years pays what you're owed. 
Bob, 416-216-5900. Uh, John and Aurelia, we got to about 30 seconds for you, man. Squeeze it in there. What do you got? Hi, I was a field operator for a company for three years. I was hurt in the fall of 2014, um, hurt again in 2015 in the springtime, was unable to return to work. WSIB um, gave me a return to work plan. On that plan, I was unable to do the tasks asked of me. Um, I was dismissed on a failure to inform of absence when uh, I was going to a doctor's appointment, and I did not um, find out until Service Canada informed me um, when I was applying for sick benefits that my boss had um, dismissed me. Obviously, you can't be fired. Even if you should have told them uh, that you're, you're going to be away and you didn't, that's not cause. You're owed severance. Uh, I can't imagine any way to extinguish those rights. So you've been wrongfully dismissed. There potentially some human rights issues here if it's tied to your injury or medical condition. So give me a call. Let's talk off air. Uh, yeah, you, you've been wrongfully dismissed. Again, we just need to talk more. We didn't have time, but we have to uh, have to speak off air. Before we wrap it up, severance pay calculator. If you lost your job, you want to know how much you're owed, and we've talked to a bunch of people already today in that situation, go to severancepaycalculator.com. It's the first place you have to go to anytime you lose your job. Tell everyone about it. Severance paycalculator.com done 416-216-5900 in closing that is Lior's number 416-216-5900 and Lior L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com catch you next time the employment hour right here talk radio AM 640